Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Book Nook, our cozy little corner to talk all things book-related. My name's Abby. And my name is Sarah, and we are going to be your hosts. So we're going to start off by introducing a little bit about ourselves so that you know who exactly is talking to you. So like I said, my name's Abby. I'm a biochemistry major, and I'm minoring in art and health sciences. Um, I'm from Katy, Texas, which is about an eight-hour drive. So around the Houston area, um, on campus, I'm involved in research. I work in the stock room. I'm part of the podcast club. I'm part of MedEx as a pre-med. Um, some of my hobbies, I'm a reader. I draw. Honestly, my main hobby is sleeping. I won't lie. I can vouch. <laughs> oh, and one fun fact about myself is that I have a boating license in the state of Pennsylvania. I did Only not know there. that one. Only there. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm Sarah. Um, I'm a double major in computer science and German. Um, I'm involved in several different things on campus. Um, I'm a comp sci and a German tutor. Um, I'm in ACM, which is the Association for Computing Machinery. Join it, please. <laughs> yeah, we need members. And then I'm also in RUF, and I am in the TU Orchestra. Um, I really enjoy reading, um, artsy crafts projects. Um, all the hobbies. Oh, all the hobbies. Baking, cooking. I might not be good at most of them, but She's I do She's very good at baking. I, I am. I am also very good at cake decorating. Um, and then I'm from Fort Smith, Arkansas, which is about a two-hour drive from Tulsa. Um, and I don't know. That's, that's me. That's one fun fact. Oh, one fun fact. Um, okay, I've been to Germany seven times. Dang. Yeah. I've only left the country like twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some of the things that this book podcast is going to encompass is we're going to have something called the Book of the Month, which we'll get into a little bit later in the podcast. We're going to also talk about some book drama, our thoughts on book talk, book stuff, whether we <coughs> like it. Coho. Mm. <laughs> whether we like it or not. Um, we'll talk about our thoughts on some genres, some book tropes. I know book tropes are our favorite, our least favorite. Um, talking to you, miscommunication. Or pregnancy trope, <clears throat> L. Um, yeah, and then we'll just probably, and then we're going to talk about some book analysis as we read. And then you can join us in any of the books that we're reading. So, for this podcast we're going to be doing a genre breakdown of our top five genres just so you can get a little taste of what we like to read and see who you identify with more because I will say we probably we have very different tastes but I think our top genre is like pretty similar oh yeah we do have a lot of the same books so yeah at least all the ones that aren't your like true crime and like murder stuff yeah i mean listen oh shout out (laughs) shout out to gardeners for supplying me with all of my true crime and forensic books yes go there if you need any used books okay so we're gonna go from five to one five being our least favorite out of our favorites (laughs) and one obviously being our top one so i'm I feel like mine is a pretty, this is not a popular opinion, but my number five is actually nonfiction. So whenever I was a kid, I was really big into reading. However, the only thing I was interested in was dinosaur books. And I couldn't even read yet. And I, would, I had probably like 10 dinosaur books that were like very thick. 
and I would just stare at the pictures until I could read. So nonfiction has always had a like very special place in my heart. I remember some of my summers in elementary and middle school, I would go to our community library and I would rent out these like chemistry books, which explains why I ended up being a biochem major. Um, and I would take notes on those books at the library because I was a freaking nerd. Um, so we're also gonna give some book recommendations that we really enjoyed in each of our genres. So the one I chose is one of my forensic books that was actually gifted to me by a friend. It was called Working Stiff by Judy Melanick. So she's a forensic pathologist, which is actually what I want to be whenever I finally get out of my very long path of school. Med school. Woo. Woo. Only like 12 more years. It's fine. And she was actually a forensic pathologist in New York City. And as you know, New York City is kind of a crazy city, especially when she was a forensic pathologist. Crime was rampant. She was also a forensic pathologist during 9-11. So she talks a lot about her experience IDing bodies or what was really left of bodies. And I think it's a very insightful read because a lot of your doctors you think of people that want to become doctors, they want to help treat people that are alive. Not a lot of your like hospice type or even dealing with postmortem, how you can help people in that way. And I think it's very insightful and a little heart wrenching. So if you are in for an emotional read, I definitely recommend it. Okay. And then my number five on my list is biographies. I haven't read a lot of them, but the ones I have read have been really good. Um, and one of my favorites is Where the Wind Leads by Vin Chung. Um, and the story begins um, post-Vietnam War. Um, and his family, so he's just been born, and his family decides to flee Vietnam. And they come to America as refugees. And it follows their story of, like, adversity and sticking together with their family. And then it continues his story through med school and becoming a doctor um, and I would have never picked this book up, but the author came to my elementary school and gave a talk because he was, when he was a refugee, um, they came to Fort Chaffee, which is just like kind of in Fort Smith. I would say kind of right outside of Fort Smith. So he was local, which is cool. Um, and my mom has a signed copy of his book. Yeah. And it's just a really good book. I would definitely recommend. Um, there are might I want to say minor trigger warnings because there's some mentions of like sexual assault um, during the first part of the book, but overall, just a really good read. Yeah, I definitely miss when authors would come to my elementary. I would mm-hmm. think those were my favorite talks because it's kind of interesting to see their like path to writing. Oh, definitely. Especially explaining it to, like, kids that are under the age of, like, what, 11? I think kudos to them. I know. I feel like it also encourages kids to read a little Mm -hmm. bit because, like, you get to meet, like, sometimes famous authors, but even if they're not famous, it's just still really cool because, like, I mean, oh, this author's coming. I'll read their book, and then I can ask them questions about it. Which foreshadowing is exactly what happened with our book of the month. Oh, yeah. So my number four is kind of along the same path as a biography, but in the fictional sense. So my number four is historical fiction, which is actually probably one of the genres that I started reading once I started again. Like, I definitely took a break between elementary and, like, junior high because 
I got a lot going on, and my parents kind of banned me from buying books because I got in trouble, and so I got grounded from buying books. So I didn't have anything to read for a while, but it's okay. So yeah, I really like reading and learning about history, and I would take more classes like that if I had space on my schedule, but I kind of like to hear it through a story lens because, you know, history, it's kind of hard to understand the emotions that people were feeling during these like very honestly traumatic experiences or even not traumatic but I feel like you get to like grow a bond with these people and truly empathize with them so one of my book recommendations is definitely one that most of you have probably heard or read it's the book thief by Marcus Susak and um don't read this book if you don't want to cry. I cry every single time I read it. It does not matter how many times I've read it. And it's also a very long book. So if you're not into long books, then maybe don't pick this one up. But this one's about Lysol. I don't think that... Liesel? I don't know. I, I'm i sorry. Uh, so she is... She loses her whole family whenever her mom and her brother gets sent to go work at a concentration camp in World War II and she ends up moving in with a German family and she learns to read while stealing books from one of the prominent people that are in her little town but she also has to keep Max a Jew in her basement a secret from this whole German village and Honestly, you know, I feel like when you think of historical fiction, you typically think of World War II type books, but I find this book extremely special because it's actually told mostly in the point of view of death as like this omniscient type overseer. And honestly, I think I've never heard of a character death being a narrator, and I think it puts it in even a worse lens, like a sad lens. And I definitely recommend it if you want a World War II book that's not necessarily about, like, the war, but more of, like, what's going on socially outside of it in, like, your German cities, where maybe people don't necessarily agree with the Nazis, but they don't really have much of a choice. Um, my number two is Between Shades of Grey by Ruta Sepetis. Um, so this is about 15-year-old Lena who is arrested by the Soviet secret police, and she's deported to one of the gulag camps in Siberia. And she is from Lithuania, and she just, it's about the story of her survival and her family trying to fight to make it out. Um, I definitely recommend any books by Ruta Sepetis. I think she tells a lot of historical fiction stories that you might not think of in history. Like, she has one about the Spanish, uh, Spain, which I haven't read yet, but it's on my bookshelf. But this book, it, I don't know, guys, I read a lot of sad books. What can I say? <laughs> it's definitely a sad book, but like this one hits home for me because my mom's also from Eastern Europe. And obviously during this time, my mom was not alive, but um, her grandparents were. And, you know, my mom's from a country that ended up becoming communist, not necessarily Soviet, but definitely Soviet influence. So it kind of paints into like my ancestry a little bit, which I really enjoyed. Okay. Um, my number four is also historical <laughs> fiction, but Abby reads much more sophisticated books than I do. So um, my top pick for this genre right now is Sky in the Deep by Adriana Young. Um, and it's it's giving Viking. Um, <laughs> the, um, 
there are these it, the story focuses on these two like main rival clans um and it's the story that follows a girl who like every season these two clans like go to battle in the previous year or two it's been a while since i've read this book but she lost her brother in one of the battles and so when they go to fight again this year she is blindsided when she sees her brother and she's like how is he not dead and this enemy clan captures her and the story pretty much follows what happens after that and I would 100% recommend it's got some enemies to lovers in it um Mm -hmm. some getting over betrayal um and just also a very strong female lead which I like I feel like it's hard to find in a lot of historical mm-hmm. type things. So I, I feel I like Vikings. Yeah, I feel like Vikings are a little different when mm-hmm. it comes to that because like all of them are supposed yeah. to be strong. It's not just like oh, strong man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I really like that book. I picked that one up off. I just saw it on somebody's um, book talk, and I was like, oh, that looks cool. And I haven't seen it a lot, but I've seen it enough that like it's not super unheard of. So I would give that a read if you want to. Yeah, I've definitely heard of that author, but I actually haven't read anything by her. I'll have to give her a look. Yeah, I've. I think her other series or trilogy is more popular, but I haven't read it. I like this one though. <laughs> okay, so getting into our number three. Um, so mine is just plain old fiction, your baseline fiction. Because honestly, sometimes I don't really want to think. I know you guys like midterm seasons about right now. It just is winding down for people, and honestly, it's a lot. My brain hurts. So sometimes I don't really want to focus on world building. It's kind of comforting to read about a world that's the same as our own. Um, so I have two recommendations for this. You'll learn that I have two recommendations for almost everything because I could not choose one. Um, one is Anxious People by Frederick Backman. He's actually a very famous author for like the fiction genre, and he has a lot of good books I haven't I, this is the only one I've read but I have some on my shelf that I want to get into so this is actually gifted to me by my friend who thought I would like it based off of a Instagram reel and she was right because um, that's a little true crime element but it's also a very raw book just talking about how like people in different situations you know we're kind of all the same in the end you know we just are trying to get by so The synopsis for this one is eight people become unlikely friends in a house viewing turned hostage situation by an inept bank robber. And I will tell you, this book has definite plot twists. Um, I also kind of cried in this one because as a trigger warning, this one does deal with some depressions and suicide. Maybe I don't remember if there's attempts or if it's just like the thought, but I definitely recommend it. I think it's it's really funny. I laughed a lot during it, and then also obviously very sad moments. But I think it puts into perspective that you know, and and the end, everyone has their own struggles, and we need to help each other up. Um, and my number two, this one is a large. I'm gonna preface this by this one's a very large trigger warning. So this one is specifically about child molestation and sexual assault. So if those are not your things, or you don't want to deal with that definitely skip this book but I read this in high school and I think specifically during COVID that it opened my eyes a lot to a lot of things so this one's called Such a Pretty Girl by Laura Weiss 
And so the, this one's about Meredith, and Meredith's father is behind bars, but instead of the nine-year sentence that he got, he's going to get out in three off of parole. But the thing is, she's freaking out because now she's 15, and he, she was supposed to be 18 before he got out and long gone to never see her father again. Um, and I think in this book deals a lot with how our system's broken when it comes into terms of like pedophiles and child molesters and how it's really not about keeping the children safe per se because in the end as we know a lot of these people don't end up behind bars and she actually ends this book with a tidbit about how to look up the pedophiles in your area or just the sexual assaulters and I looked up my area where I live and I was very surprised to find how many actually live very close to me and how many of them actually live in the gated communities. So I think, you know, this is a read that you definitely have to be in a good mind space for because it's very emotional and you just, you ache for this character in this situation that she's been put through. And I will say it has a slight happy ending. I mean, obviously in a case like hers there really is no happy ending because this shouldn't have happened in the first place but if you're worried about it ending bad it doesn't she gets out okay um my number three is dystopian um and generally i read dystopian with fantasy elements so um my top one okay so i have one finished series and one unfinished series i'm currently rereading the first or the second shatter me book um, by Tara Maffi. I might have butchered that, but I, I'm trying. I initially read the first three books of the series when I was in high school, and I really loved them, and I'm picking them back up again just so that I can finish the series, but I, I really like it. I, when I went back and read the first book again this summer, I do feel like it is quite a bit more childish than I remember, but I think the series gets better as I continue on, and it follows a girl who's developed, like, the ability to kill people with her touch, um, and she spent the last, I don't know how many days, I think it might have been 365 days or something, in, like, a prison cell alone, um, and she is very, like, broken, and she, d- like, speaks in, like, fragments and thinks in fragments and like just it's the whole book the first book progresses just like is her growth and her figuring out who she is which I think is really cool um and then also like a lot of world building um the society they live in and how they ended up where they are um but I'm excited to finish that one. And then my number two is the Red Queen series by Victoria Aveyard. Um, I loved all of those books except for the very ending of Warstorm. We don't talk about we it. We don't talk about it. Doesn't it doesn't exist. Um, yeah, no. I, I won't say anything because I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it. But let's just say I was, I was very sad for the ending for quite a few of the characters. Yeah, um, I feel like it didn't wrap it up, like, the right way. I, I, I get why she did it the way she did, but at the same time, like, I was hoping for a happier ending. Yes, which I um, realize not everything Yeah, be ending. But, yeah. But, like, bro, I read, like, four, like, really thick books mm-hmm. for this. But but the the main premise of the story is that they live in a society where they're divided by the color of their blood. 
there are red bloods and then I believe silver mm-hmm. is yeah. And the silver bloods have like powers, which here's the fantasy element for this dystopian series. Um but Mare. Mare, yes. Yeah, Mare um, develops these powers at the beginning of the book, and it's in a very, like, shocking way, and the society has to find a way to deal with it. Because she's a red blood. Yeah, because she's a red blood, and they try to cover this fact up throughout the first book, but then everything just comes, like, crashing down at the very end, and that sets up the rest of the series, which is just a big war. Mm-hmm. Um but it's very good, um, very interesting read. Some romance elements. Um, I will say, I think the third book has quite a bit of like abusive situations in it. Um, so trigger warning there, just in case. But yeah, very good. Would oh, recommend. No, I do love the Red Queen series. Yes. I hope they make it into a movie or something. I, I think it would be such a good movie. I think Peacock picked it up as a okay. TV series. Um, I'd have to double check on that, but I think they did because I know she posted something on her Instagram mm-hmm. that somebody picked it up. And she has a new series I definitely want to read. Mm-hmm. I like her world building. Honestly. I do too. She's a very good. And I love her book covers. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, guys. I know we all say we don't like to judge books by their covers, but when you go into a bookstore, it's very easy to look for the pretty covers because okay. that's what you're drawn to. I will say, I was book shopping with my boyfriend one day, and I we were talking about it, and I was like, I know they say don't judge a book by their cover, but I 100% do. And the lady, like five feet away from me, like turned to me and she said, "Oh, girl, same." <laughs> Listen, the book community is tight. Oh yeah. Okay. So for my number two, I love a good romance read. I mean, I typically read books, like any of the books that I mentioned, typically have some type of romance subplot. Whether that, like, progresses anywhere, it's not necessarily... It doesn't matter to me, and sometimes I do prefer when it is more of the subplot. Like, I appreciate it in, like, Red Queen, how it wasn't... Especially because, like, it this wasn't was overpowering. So I'm like, honestly, it's pretty traumatic in the beginning for her. So I'm glad that they didn't, f- they focused more on, like, her experience rather than the romance. But I do love a good book that I can read in one sitting. And I gobble romance books up. So, like, for preface, I went on vacation with my family to Pennsylvania. And in those five days that I was there, I read five books. And almost all of them were romance. So... And also, I, I do love romance because currently in a long-distance relationship, and I need it. I, makes me feel, you know, got to keep that spark. So, Ryan, if you're listening, I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> but some of my recommendations for this is Alex Approximately by Jen Bennett. Um, I really love any of the books by Jen Bennett, so I recommend, like, any of them. But this was the first one that I read. So this one is about movie-obsessed 17-year-old Bailey moves in with her dad on the coastal town of California the summer before her senior year. And she secures this job working in kind of this tourist trap museum as, um, you know, her job changes, actually, so I'm not going to get into that. But she also has been talking to another movie-obsessed geek online named Alex, but her feelings are a little conflicted because one of the security guards at this tourist museum is putting on the moves and she's kind of liking it. So it's kind of between, 
I will say. It's good. I find this has really good banter. It's more of, it, I wouldn't say complete enemies to lovers, but, like, more of, like, misunderstanding at the beginning where, like, a small thing makes you, like, not like the other person. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say full-blown enemies to lovers. But they, I mean, I I really like this book, and I've read it, like, six times. I will not lie. Um, and the second one is actually one that I did read on that one-week trip to Pennsylvania where I read five books called A Summer of Broken Rules by K.L. Walter. You might have seen this. I think it was pretty popular on Book Talk, but I really like this. This one, the banter in this is so good. And just, like, I've never heard of a book with this kind of plot. So, basically, um, it's about a summer wedding in Martha's Vineyard, um... But there's also a game of assassin. And if you don't know what assassin is, basically it's like you get, everyone gets somebody's name and you have to shoot them with water and then you get their name and then it ends up in like a final brawl. And they're doing this in light of the main character's sister who passed away, which right before this wedding. So, but I'd say this one's more of an enemies to... I don't even know. Maybe friends to lovers, because the the guy in this movie is one of the groomsmen from the other family that's marrying in, and I really like this book. I think it's definitely, like, an easy read that you could read in one sitting where you can't stop. Okay. I, I will definitely be putting that one on my TBR. It's so good. Um... So, my number two genre, fantasy, of course, <laughs> and like Abby said, I'm a big girl, a big romance girly too, so um, most of my reads have romance at least as a subplot, um, and so my, I have two picks for this one, um, one's a trilogy, one's a series, um, and my series is Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Mass. most of you have probably heard of it if you were book talk girlies, and... I mean, the okay, most of you probably also know the premise of the book, but the first book starts out with this assassin, um, and she is in this game to become the king's assassin, um, and the plot just, like, continues to thicken from there. I Like, it doesn't slow down, um, but I will say the first two books of the series were my least favorite, so if you pick it up and you struggle to get through those, um, just know that I thought it gets better, so hopefully when if you re- continue it that you think it gets better, but I will say the last book of the series broke my heart and at some points, and I did cry. I think that was one of the first books that like I actually like was bawling my eyes out at the end. Um, and then my favorite fantasy trilogy is the Crown of Feathers trilogy by Nikki Paucredo. Um, I will hype this trilogy up as much as I possibly can because it's not like super popular, but um, this girl, Veronica, um, and her sister, Val, are like kind of hiding from the Empire and they really want to be Phoenix Riders. Um, But this is kind of outlawed, at least where they're from. Um, And so the story follows her, like, hatching a phoenix and then um, going to join this group of kind of, like, riders that are rebels, in a sense. Um, 
and it gives kind of a Mulan vibe because she has to pretend to be a boy to join this group of riders. And uh, I just, I think it's really cool. You get little snippets of an outside perspective at the beginning of every chapter. It's kind of like this whole story from before. Um, lots of themes of like resurrection and um, animal magic and shadow magic. Um, I would 100% recommend it to like anybody who likes fantasy. It gives more of a high fantasy feel than some of the books I read. So, yeah. Okay, and to our number ones. So mine, before I say it, I'll say this is like the genre that got me really into reading again. I know we all remember the Hunger Games, Divergent Days. Divergent broke my heart. I don't want to talk about it. Um, But mine is definitely dystopian with fantasy elements. Also some romance subplot in most of the books I read. But like I, it doesn't need to have romance for me to want to read it. But this definitely got me back into reading again. And looking at some of the old books I read, I realized that they're not as good as I remember. Other than Hunger Games. Hunger Games is the exception. It is such... That is good. Well, that's like when I was talking about the Shatter Me series. Like, reading the first couple of books in high school, I was so into it. And then I was rereading the first one, and I was like, this is not as good as I remember it. Like, it wasn't bad, but... Yeah. But definitely, mm-hmm. we, we love the Hunger Games. Catching Fire is the best book. I said what I said. Um, <laughs> so my, one of my favorites is actually the Cinder series by Marissa Meyer. I definitely recommend any books by Marissa Meyer, except for one, Instant Karma. I could just not get past the protagonist. It was just really bad. I was going like, to say, I'm going to plug Heartless real quick. Heartless Such is a good. good. Book. Yes. Because that, that's like a, it's kind of a book that, a fairy tale retelling that you wouldn't think like it's kind of like well i don't want to say that because it'll like give away the it's ending dark. it it's is dark dark yeah we'll just say that it is about the queen of hearts yeah alice in wonderland type retelling oh yeah so if you're into that i definitely recommend that book and it's a very sad ending too yes but it makes sense like that it made does. sense for the book um but the cinder series is one of the first ones that i found of her and i think it's four books or five books with the novella but it's about so each part of the series is a different fairy tale retelling so you'll have cinder which is cinderella um scarlet which is little red riding hood then cress i can't i think that's the name of the character i can't remember what the third book was like called but that's like a rapunzel type and then winter I think it's Snow White-ish. So I'll just press it by Cinder. We'll just talk about Cinder since that's like the first book. Um, so it's about a teenage cyborg that has to deal with her wicked stepmom and taking down the evil queen in one. And a handsome prince might be involved too. Um, I think this book was really good action-wise, but also, you know, I'm not really into a lot of like political turmoil in books. But, like I think this one was really well done. And... I, you know, it touches on a lot of other themes, too, obviously, with, like, cyborgs versus humans. So, I definitely recommend it. I think it definitely still holds its weight. And they just came out with new covers, like, the 10-year covers. So I got those. They're so cute, guys. I Like, I really might buy a second set of the series just for the covers. 
It's I, good. I do not condone purchasing on Amazon, but that doesn't mean that I don't do it. Um, but I bought the the new new covers off of Amazon because they were cheap. It's definitely and strong, like a lot of strong female heroines. Like each one, it's female. It's like yeah, there's like romantic subparts to them, but the, like the guy's kind of useless half the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> girl power, you know. Not to say. I don't like books where there's a male protagonist. I do enjoy, like, Aragon and stuff like that. I don't think I said that right. You said that right. Yes. You usually say it wrong. Oh, I usually say Aragon, guys. Like, I know. <laughs> I know. It's bad. But Aragon, I, I, that's a fantasy book, though. Yeah. Uh, my second one is Stung by Bethany Wiggins. So this is definitely a book that I read when I was younger. And it's, like, similar to what you said with Shatter Me, where it's, like, it's definitely more childish, but, like, I still enjoy reading it. I think it's good. Um, so this is about Fiona, who goes to bed 13 and wakes up 17 with a weird spider tattoo on her hand. Only the world isn't quite what she remembers. And there are zombie-like creatures? Question mark. So, yes. I really like this book. Because I feel like this was not a very talked about book. Like, I've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah, no, this is a book that, like, a lot of people haven't heard about. And I really enjoyed it. So it's basically about these people that got infected. And so that's, like, the zombie-like creatures. is like they got infected with something. And they all have that tattoo on her, their hand. But for some reason, Fiona's normal. But she has this tattoo. So it's kind of interesting. And then there's, like, this wall where, like, the normal people live. And there's something to do with bees, I'll say that there's not a lot of them left so like food wise it's kind of like your apocalyptic mm -hmm. type scenario and there's two this is a duology so there's two books but like i think you can definitely just read the first book as like a standalone like the second book's like good but i don't think it's as good as the first one okay cool um <laughs> and then my number one genre um fantasy romance or romanticy um <laughs> so I'm going to first talk about the real popular one, but Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Um, most of you probably know what this is, um, but my favorite book out of the series is definitely A Court of Mist and Fury. And I, okay, I'm kind of on the fence about this. I'm just going to talk about this, like, um, <laughs> real quick. Um, but I kind of wish it had stopped at, like, just the, like, original trilogy. Not that I don't like... Yeah. I 100% agree. I haven't finished it, but, like, I can't. Like, yeah. I know what the other books are about. Yeah, not that, not that I don't like. Like, I've read the novella and A Court of Silver Flames, and they were good. But I just, I feel like it's also kind of ruining the original story for me. Um, but I'm still going to keep reading. We're going to say this. Not every character deserves a redemption arc. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, like. You know, it's okay to be evil. It's okay to be the villain. It it is okay. Um, I I will say I did like Nesta after the last book. I Abby Abby thinks she won't, but yeah, guys, uh, I'll get to it eventually. It's yeah. a very long series. Yeah. Um, but um, that's a this is a conversation for another day. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about this when we get into book talk book stuff. Oh yeah. Um, and then my second pick is One Dark Window by Rachel Gillig. Um, I don't think this is super popular. I haven't really seen it on Book Talk, and honestly, I wouldn't have picked it up. But I started like a fairy loot subscription about a year ago, and this was the second book I got. And I got it, and I was like, 
hmm, I haven't heard of this, but okay, and I read it and I absolutely loved it. I have seen a lot of reviews where people say it's a lot like this other book, and I can't remember what that book's called. It might be Vespertine or something. Um, But this girl um, lives in a world where... This is kind of complicated and hard to explain. Um, But they kind of have to deal with this darkness slash fog in the forest and um, what their magic system is kind of like a tarot card system, but um, each level of card has a different ability and there's like fewer of them as they go I think it starts at like 12 and then as you progress there's like fewer of the types um but to use the card comes at a cost um and so the more you use it the greater the cost um and she touches this card that contains the nightmare and throughout the book she works in tandem with this creature of sorts i'm not gonna say exactly what's going on um because in all honesty i'm not a hundred percent sure i'm so okay (laughs) well okay i'm waiting for the second book it like just came out two days ago um but i'm waiting to read it till i can get a matching edition um i there's definitely some enemies to lovers um and i love the magic system um I'm trying to think about what else. It's also very, if you like rhymes, um, at the beginning of every chapter, it there's like some rhymes that are just really cool that pertain to the cards themselves. Um, so I would 100% recommend if you were a romanticy girly. Speaking of fairy loot, maybe like if you guys are interested, we could bring all Sarah's books. Oh yeah, and we can just my collection and just show them because honestly they're they're really cool books and they're not books that i've necessarily heard of like i got one because sarah got a double of one yeah i got a double box one month we should maybe do that one i think it was sing me to sleep have you Um, read it i haven't read it yet we should do that one we should do that one yeah but if you guys are interested let us know because oh yeah i could do a whole talk on all my fairy hour long yeah Um, if I had the money, yeah, I definitely would invest in that one too. Mm-hmm. So those are our top five genres. So maybe, you know, you learn a little bit more about what the type of books we like to read. And maybe you heard about a book that you might be interested in reading. Or maybe you even have recommendations for us on these genres. And you are more than welcome to comment on the TU Studio 151 Instagram. Let us know. What are some of your book recommendations? And we will try to get around to them. I know we have very long TBRs. I have a very extensive TBR, but I keep adding to it. So So, recommend away. Please. (laughs) So we're going to get now into one of the ideas that's going to continue out throughout this podcast is our book of the month. So Sarah and I are going to choose a book every month to read together. And we're going to annotate it and stuff like that or choose points. Like not so much like I know you might have seen like those like where they tab like every single thing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like maybe parts that really stuck out to us like plot elements, maybe some themes. Just like talk about the book and like not in like a super serious like AP lit way, but kind of like just like friends talking over some tea and books. Our thoughts and feelings and... Yeah, so if you guys want to read this book along with us and tell us your thoughts and feelings about it, we're actually going to read I Brought It Today, 
So this is actually our shared fourth genre called, obviously, historical fiction. So this one is called All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr. Yeah. And you might have, this was very popular on Booksta about a couple, I'd say like two, two, three years ago. Like, I remember seeing this I think book. it was just really popular in general. Yeah, because this is actually a Pulitzer Prize winning mm-hmm. book. And if you didn't know, or maybe you weren't at school at TU last year, Anthony Doerr actually was one of our presidential speakers where you have one a semester that comes and talks, and he actually gave a talk, and when Sarah and I went, we actually got to meet him, and he is the nicest person. He was so sweet. And, like, do you want to talk a little bit about his talk? Like, what are your thoughts on how he looks versus what his talk was about? Oh, goodness. Um, well, okay, so my thoughts. He was doing a big talk about his newest book, which I think was called Cloud Cuckoo Land. Yes. Um, which also sounds really cool because it follows, like, six different timelines, I think. Yeah, and, like, past, future, present. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I, I've never heard of that being done in the book. Yeah, no, but he goes, he went over his whole, like, process of what it takes to, like, write a book and especially, like, something that extensive and all the research that he has done. Um, he didn't talk a whole lot about all the light we cannot see, um, but he did, he briefly went over it, um. I think so I'll tell you if you search up this man he looks so much more serious than he actually is he does look kind of scary he he's look- like bald <laughs> no shade to Anthony no, Doerr no. but yeah. he gave the most interesting talk like he just his personality is like the opposite he was so funny mm-hmm. and you know makes me want to read more of his books because the research that goes into his books is honestly impressive like it takes him years to write these books well, because I think the last one he did was All the Light We Cannot See, and then didn't it take him, like, has it been, like, eight see. years or something between? Let me look at when it came. 2014, yeah. So, it, yeah, it took him, like, almost eight years to come out with another book, because that's, like, like, how extensive the research had to be. Like, to write from six different perspectives in different times and just different cultures is such a crazy thing Especially to do. Like coming up with, I don't think they're necessary. Oh, wait, are they based on? real places i can't some of them are based on real places but like the because one of the perspectives is during covid i think yes that's what Um, it was but and then the past ones i think are based on real places but the future one it like i think is completely imaginative and i think that the story follows like a book or a story Mm -hmm. that's passed on through these times which i think is really cool the power of reading y'all and i know it's a turn off for some people when books talk about like current times especially when you've lived through like mm-hmm. covid but like maybe give it a chance because i feel like this is a very unique type book but we're i'm gonna actually read the back of this book the little synopsis so if you're in if this piques your interest maybe you'll join us in reading it marie laura marie laura is French. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, LeBlanc lives with her father in Paris near the Museum of Natural History, where he works. When she is 12, the Nazis occupy Paris, and father and daughter flee to the walled city of St. Malo, where Marie Laurie's reclusive great uncle lives in a tall house by the sea. With them, they carry what might be the museum's most valuable and dangerous jewel. In a mining town in Germany, Warner. You might be able to say this name because she Miss German over here. I, yeah. Um, one second, I would say Vanna, Fennig. Okay. But thank you. Yeah. An orphan grows up with his younger sister, enchanted by a crude radio 
they find that brings them news and stories from places they've never seen or imagined. Werner, I'm sorry guys, I only speak English, it's my downfall, becomes an expert at building and fixing these crucial new instruments and is enlisted to use his talent to track down the resistance. Marie Lore and Werner, from warring countries, both have lost many of the people they love. Come together in St. Malo. As Doer illuminates the ways against all odds, people try to be good to one another. This took 10 years to write this book. So it's a Pulitzer Prize for a reason. Um, I think this is a very interesting World War II historical fiction. This is not something like you don't like. Yes, there are obviously books about it's Paris. A, yeah, but... but it's not like I think when I think World War Two, I think like the big focus is like on the Jews mm-hmm. and on like Nazis, which I mean, yes, they do because Werner is a, yeah. a Nazi, but not like he, he's just a soldier yes. and it. The beginning of the book, I've read the first 60 pages just to, like, pique my interest before the talk. Um, And in all honesty, like, he's not there because he believes in what's happening. Which is a lot of what ended up happening for a lot of Germans. Mm -hmm. I know. Because, listen, Sarah and I were on opposite sides of the war in World War II. But, you know, doesn't just because someone's German doesn't mean that you know well yeah i mean like most (laughs) history is a whole nother talk and that i have opinions on some things we can talk about that whenever we talk about this our thoughts on this book yeah but i think this is very interesting so this is a dual pov book and it's kind of he talked about this in his talk about how the radio was so influential and, you know, like, we don't think of it like that, you know? It's just, like, something you listen to in the car. But when it came out, it's, like, all of a sudden you could hear news from yeah. everywhere. It was, like, your biggest form of communication. Yeah, because, like, the other one that had that was, like, the news, like, the printing press with, like, the newspapers. But I'm, I've am i read some of it, not a lot, but I'm very excited to read this because I'm not going to give it away because it'll talk about it. But the main character, Marie, is... She's very interesting, and it's kind of a... You don't see these kind of main characters a lot, I will mm-hmm. say. And... Disability representation. Yes, it does have disability representation in it. Um, but yeah, we're excited, and that's probably what our next podcast will be about, is our thoughts so far, because it's take us like a month, which I think will be after Thanksgiving break, after is when we'll be done break, with it. Yeah. But. To give a little insight on the schedule, we're hoping to do this once every two weeks around. You know, if we get around doing more, I mean, right now it's just really busy for both of us. Mm-hmm. So maybe next semester we'll be able to do it more often. But every two weeks is our goal right now for this semester. Yeah. Um, but that's all that we pretty much have to say. Yeah. So I mean, if anybody has any like topics that they want us to like talk about, we can look into it. Um, or any future recommendations yeah. for books of the month. You know, mm-hmm. we have a couple chose out, but not, not not too extensive like this one. And then you want to do the fairy loot edition of Sing Me to Sleep. I know so. we both have Defy the Night. Oh yeah, we did. We did get that. Okay, <laughs> I love the bargain section at Books a Million. Definitely recommend. Yes. Um, but yeah, you know. Thanks for listening, and keep reading, y'all. Yeah. Peace out. Peace out.